Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. It is Logan, and today I have wanted to do this podcast for a while, and I wanted to pretty much compare and find out once and for all, in my opinion, um, is the Black Ops uh, Call of Duty games the better franchise or Modern Warfare? Now, we will not be taking into account Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 because we're going to talk about the official trilogy, well, in Black Ops' case, quadrilogy of games, talking about their multiplayers, campaigns, and third-person experiences on a separate um, basis, but then talking about the campaign as being the overall um, comparison, because I mainly want to compare the story of the campaigns compared to the extra modes, but we'll talk about the extra modes in a separate podcast, and we'll discuss which Call of Duty I think has the better multiplayer. So, without further ado, this is the comparison of the Black Ops and Modern Warfare stories. So, the campaigns for the Black Ops franchise has ranged from some of the greatest and most classic of all time to, well, having none. So, the Call of Duty Black Ops franchise hit off with a banger back in 2010, uh, which is when Black Ops 1 came out. And Black Ops 1 had a really awesome campaign. So, they took um, my favorite historical period, the Cold War, and they had... Pretty much the whole nuclear crisis and everything in the game, except there was this nerve agent that was developed by the Germans, the Nazi Germans in World War II, that Dragovich, a uh, Red Army shock soldier or sergeant or whatnot, he sought to claim this power for Russia with his second-in-command, uh, Kravchenko. Now, basically, this Nova 6 gas, within seconds of coming into contact with it, burns the person pretty much from the outside in, um, killing them and suffocating them at the same time. So it not only burns, but suffocates the person. At least that's what it seems like from the game. But, um, anyways, so... This weapon of mass destruction is taken, and Victor Reznov from the World at War game, yes, World at War, takes place in the uh, the Zombies, the Black Ops franchise, which I want to put it into the franchise, but World at War A didn't have a Black Ops name tagged onto it, and it was a very standard World War II game, you know, kill the Nazis, you know, uh, kill the Japanese, win World War II as the Allies. Pretty simple shit. Reznov was just the, uh, when you played, um, to fight the Germans as the Russians, Reznov was, like, your main second, in com- uh, or your, your companion that fought alongside you through the battles in defeating the Nazi Germans. Now, I think that's awesome. I think that's interesting that they connected the two games, but Mo- World at War isn't a Black Ops game. It doesn't have the Black Ops title on it. Even though they're connected. But Reznov and uh, uh, Lieutenant Prevchenko, or Sergeant Prevchenko, um, his best friend from World at War as well, went to the Arctic Circle in search of Nova 6. Once they found Nova 6, um, Dragovich wanted a live demonstration. So, essentially, he ordered uh, some of his men to put some of his men into the gas chambers as they let Nova 6 loose, killing uh, Prevchenko. But... The Allies, a.k.a. the um, British forces, 
were there in time to stop them from putting Reznov's chamber on, and they fled, and Reznov had to fight his way out, eventually getting captured and sent to Vorkuta, where Alex Mason, after being captured after the failed attempt of uh, assassination of Castro in the Bay of Pigs, was uh, brought from uh, by the Rizalka, also the broadcast station, to Vorkuta, where they basically pretty much used the number sequence to get him to assassinate President Kennedy. And Reznov sabotaged the whole brainwashing so that way he would kill Dragovich Steiner, who was the Nazi German scientist behind Nova 6, and um, Krevchenko. So essentially, the game takes place mainly in the past. Like, Alex Mason is strapped to the chair in the Pentagon, and they're interrogating him, trying to find out if they can trust him, finding out where the number station is, because and um, Dragovich has sent sleeper cells with the Nova 6 agent to every capital in the United States and was about to launch it, killing thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of people, and then launching an invasion from Cuba at the broadcast station, which is also a Russian supply station, and sending them into the United States to take over. So it's a very Cold War game. You go to Vietnam, you know, there's a lot of Cold War tensions of nukes and stuff, but... The main threat is Nova 6. That's the made-up main enemy of this game, and the United States is ready to launch their nukes at the Soviet Union because Nova 6 is about to be launched on U.S. soil. And you, as Alex Mason, pretty much go through your past trying to remember what happened, seeing Reznov coming to find out he was he was actually killed at Vorkuta and was a hallucination, and essentially you... Piece together your pieces by playing through Hudson missions and Alex's missions in the past, going to Vietnam, fighting with Frank Woods and Bowman, also played by Ice Cube, which I thought was pretty fucking cool. And yeah, so basically they went to the past and did a lot of that um, shit, and then eventually he, uh, second to last mission of the game, remembers where the number station is, so they assault the number station in present day, stop the sleeper agents from releasing Nova 6 on the United States, and they win. Going into Call of Duty Black Ops 2, it was actually an interesting game because they made the game futuristic and set in the past. So you played as Alex Mason alongside Frank Woods Hudson in that game, but also you played as uh, Alex Mason's son David Mason as the main protagonist of the 2025 portion of the game. And then you are followed by Salazar and Harper. <laughs> so, when we look at the games of uh, Black Ops 2 and Black Ops 1, it's a direct continuation, except it takes place in part Cold War, part uh, future m- modern day, and essentially you start off with Woods um, talking about who Menendez is, and essentially he plays Alex Mason, who finds Woods in a container held by Menendez. They go to get uh, extraction, he tries to call, uh, Alex Mason tries to call an extraction, but Menendez punches and breaks the radio, and Mason ends up shooting him, taking out his eye, and then they eventually escape, so then there was the invasion of Panama, and the invasion of, um, Menendez's compound, or house, or mansion, whatever the fuck you want to call it, with the help of the Panama army, just to have Noriega, who is a real-life, um, official in the past, uh, to pretty much just be like, I'm going to double-cross your ass and releases Menendez. Wood sees him, thinking that he was dead, 
Oh, excuse me, not dead, but seeing him losing his shit, throwing a grenade, killing his sister, driving him into a rage to hate the West even more, because he hated the West because of um, his past, mainly. And so, essentially, Frank Woods gets set up to shoot his uh, best friend, Alex Mason, and wounds, uh, well, depending, this game has multiple endings, but the canon ending is you shot him in the knee, and, uh, coming to find out that it wasn't Menendez, he sets up a trap for you alongside Noriega, working together, and he shoots your knees out, then he shoots Hudson's knees out, and takes his heart-shaped medallion, which he was gonna commit suicide with, and slits Hudson's throat, kidnaps David Mason to see his dead father, and pretty much says, hey, you know, uh, when, when you think about tonight, you know, and everything that happened, uh, in the future, I want you to, you know, come to me, and shows him the pendant, and everything, I was like, oh, fuck, and then Frank Woods crawls his way on over to Menendez, but then that mission ends, so essentially, Frank Woods is eventually retrieved, but he's in a wheelchair, because his knees got fucking shot out, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're not there, they don't exist, and, um, so then we go to the 2025 portion, where he has pretty much built up this, um, organization called Cortis DA, or Cortis Die is really what it says, but it's pronounced DA, and he essentially has funded terrorist groups all around the world, he's become, like, this internet, uh, sensation and phenomenon, and, um, he ends up pretty much just causing a whole bunch of terrorist attacks and whatnot, and he eventually gets captured by the Navy SEALs and the U.S. Army, brought a aboard the USS Obama, where he proceeds to use Salzar, who he's in cahoots with, to escape, plant a solarium chip into their systems, pretty much hacking into all of the United States drone fleet, and using them to attack China, so to spark a cold war between China and the United States, the two superpowers in 2025, and it's really interesting, because then now David Mason must go after um, go after him, and in a last-ditch effort, it, 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 the games are kind of very similar, so, in, in Black Ops 1, you have to stop a broadcast signal being sent out from a specific location near, uh, on an island outside of the United States, um, to stop the sleeper cells from launching Nova 6, and in Call of Duty Black Ops 2, you need to go to a island of Haiti, which I believe is also located off the coast of the United States as well, to stop a broadcast that is telling the drones to attack specific locations across the coast of the United States and China, and... They're, they're relatively the same. Like, the end game is the same, where you gotta go to this island off of the coast of the United States to stop a signal to broadcast what will bring about a world war or end-of-the-world situation. And you, of course, stop everything at the last second. And instead of killing the enemy, you're supposed to capture Menendez. And in the canon ending, Menendez gets captured. He doesn't escape. Um, Woods, David, and... David Mason and Alex Mason all meet up again in the, in the future, and that's essentially how it ends. So, the first two games of Black Ops, I think, are really good games. You know, they both have Cold War tensions with them, and I think it's really interesting. I think it's really, really interesting that they're very much the same. Then you get into Black Ops 3, where it's fucking the most confusing thing ever, because Black Ops 1 and 2 were direct sequels. This game takes place, like, what, over 20 years after, um, takes place about over 20 years after BO2, and the only thing this 
this game has in connection to Black Ops 1, and Black Ops 2 is the mention of Menendez in one of the missions. Other than that, it's literally, it literally makes no sense. Like, it, it, it the, the story makes no sense. Apparently, you play as Taylor the whole time, and it just, the story's a clusterfuck. Black Ops 3 had the worst campaign by far out of any Call of Duty ever. It was shit. Not worth it. It was designed for co-op play, and that was about it. If you want to play Black Ops 3's campaign, just play it for fun. Like, don't even play it for a narrative, but... Because, I mean, they had a lot of customization elements to not only weapon loadouts, but your uh, super, you know, abilities that you could use and, like, what your character looked like and you had a little hub and everything. But other than that, the, the, it was just terrible. And then there's Black Ops 4, where there's no campaign, but it takes place before Black Ops 3 and between BO2 and BO3, I think, in the 2030s, if I'm correct. And you play at, you don't even have a campaign, you have these specialist missions where you play tutorials that teach you about all the different multiplayer game modes and how to use your specialist. And then they have cutscenes where basically in the story, Savannah, who is Alex Mason's granddaughter, is making archetypes, which is clones of pre-existing soldiers like Woods, Alex, and even Menendez, villains. And, um, she apparently is banging Frank Woods' archetype, and that's really fucked up because that's your grandfather's best friend. But anyway, so that's happening. Then you have on the other side of the coin, you have the specialists who look at or trying to find Jessica Mason, which is another one of Alex Mason's, um, granddaughters who, and by the way, these two are sisters, and essentially the Blackout Project is what she's trying to do. She's trying to make a whole bunch of fucking... <laughs> clones uh to kind of fight against each other just to test them out and that's why the whole blackout mass map exists it's a bunch of clones fighting each other and it's a whole experiment underneath underneath savannah and all the specialists are apparently supposed to go up against her which by the way they they never ended up concluding that story of what the fuck happened it was just oh yeah we got the team together and that was it like that was the end there was there's no res you know resolution to everything like savannah didn't get killed there's nothing so, in my opinion, I think BO4 had, an, had a better narrative than BO3, but it, it still wasn't a campaign. So, I would say out of these four games that if you're going to play for campaign, play the first two. Fuck the other two. Doesn't even matter. BO4 is mainly just a game for fun. That's pretty much what it's meant to be. And it was a shitty decision to remove campaign. Well, let's look at Modern Warfare. So, Modern Warfare had three entries that took place pretty relatively in the same time frame. Um, <coughs> and these games were very real life centered, like, you know, um, like the Black Ops, uh, the, the first Black Ops game anyways, where it was like real world events where, you know, you had the invasion of like Iraq and stuff in the game. Um, except essentially, so there's this terrorist called Al-Assad who's in cahoots with Imran Zakaev, and Imran Zakaev is a, well, multi, uh, nationalist or, uh, what the fuck do they call it? ultra-nationalist or something, he gives weapons to terrorists and whatnot, and makes deals, he's out of the Soviet Union, he's trying to spark a cold war between Russia and the US, huh, funny, sounds a lot like Black Ops, except very different, <laughs> because you have pretty much, um, so Imran Zakaev, basically, uh, you get to play is in one of the most classic Call of Duty missions ever, even over the Black Ops games, um, all gillied up, where you play as Captain Price when he's young, to assassinate Imran Zakaev, where you only shoot his arm, but you think he's dead, come to find out he's alive, and trying to launch nukes at the United States, while also giving nuclear weapons to Al-Assad. Al-Assad eventually is found and killed by Captain Price, and essentially they go hunt for Imran Zakaev. They eventually find him, but get shot on a highway where Gaz gets killed, 
Soap gives you a piss. I mean, not soap. Captain Price gives Soap uh, Maktavish uh, his Colt 1911, and he ends up taking out Imran Zakaev, killing him. Then Modern Warfare pay, uh, 2 picks up not too long after that, where now you have Vladimir Makarov, somebody that worked alongside and saw Imran Zakaev as, like, a father figure. And essentially what he did was he cre- committed a whole bunch of terrorist attacks among uh, Russia. And so what happens is is you play as a U.S. Uh, ranger, and General Shepard sends you in undercover as a PMC um, working for the CIA to infiltrate Makarov's group and you commit a mass murder and mass terror attack on Imran Zakaev Airport. And apparently, you know, Makarov kind of knew who you were the whole time and shoots you, leaving a, an American with American weapons, which the terrorist attack was carried out with. Uh, the only thing left at the scene, making Russia think that America committed the terrorist attack, sparking a Cold War pretty much between the U.S. and Russia. So, Imran, I guess, got what he wanted through Makarov. And so, pretty much, the whole game has to do with tracking down Makarov, but then come to find out that General Shepard's actually the real bad guy because, well, he knew about everything going on and all the information that Makarov had on his DSM, or the one that Ghost and Roach Sanderson collected, um, pretty much had evidence that he knew about everything that was going on. So he killed the two and took the DSM for himself, and he got a blank check. So essentially the United States government gave him a blank check to beat Makarov, and he took some of that money and made his own private military uh, contracting uh, company and used it, and, that, and that's the company that pretty much came and killed Ghost and Roach. And essentially, Modern Warfare 2 goes from hunting a ultra-nationalist terrorist to hunting down a American general, and he ends up being killed by Soap and Price. And then we have the events of Modern Warfare 3, the conclusion to everything. So the hunt for Makarov is back on, and unfortunately throughout this game, I don't remember everything exactly like um, MW2, MW1, and the Black Ops games, but essentially... um, there's still the Cold War going on. Russia's still trying to make advances on the United States and New York and the, the United States um, Delta Force uh, pretty much just tells them to fuck off. It, it, they ultimately repel the uh, attack. And so basically Delta Force is helping Task Force 1041, which they're now fugitives against the law, um, out to find Makarov. So Makarov does a few things. Uh, he kills Soap and pisses off Price. Come to find out Yuri knew Makarov because he was supposed to help them with the attack. Uh, he, he was there for the explosion in MW1 of the nuclear device, which killed a lot of General Shepard's men. He was there for the airport attack, except he was shot because he refused to shoot civilians. And he tried to stop Makarov, but of course, you know, fell because he had blood loss. And um, pretty much got knocked out. And so, by the end of the game, you have Captain Price killing Makarov. And Yuri gets killed by Makarov. So, essentially, we got two pretty good campaign um, series, you know, discluding BO3 and uh, BO4, but... A lot of that had to do with uh, money reasons uh, rather than storytelling, but they're still a part of the uh, storyline. So, in terms of story, I think Modern Warfare takes the cake, mainly because they had three games that took place um, right alongside each other, and 
they made sense. They weren't convoluted or were non-existent at all. They just, they had a good story going for three games. You knew where it was picking up from and it didn't just jump all over the fucking place. Like Black Ops eventually jumped all over the place from the Cold War to 2025 to 2040 and then down to the 2030s, you know? Like it was all over the place. I love the Black Ops games more than Modern Warfare. I think they're both, I love them both to death. I love both franchises. I love the campaigns. Um, except for Black Ops 3, obviously, but I love all the games, it's just, the thing is, when it comes to Black Ops, is they had two really good games, and then they fucked it up. Modern Warfare had three great campaigns that built the world for the multiplayer, Spec Ops, but at the end of the day, you know, they had three campaigns that were easy to follow, they were part of one story, picked up not too far from each other, and they worked. I think if we just compared BO2 and BO1 to the Modern Warfare Trilogy, that's a lot more of a challenge to decide. Because at that point, you have the games that, you know, even though they jumped to 2025, it's easy to follow. It's a good story. The first Black Ops games had amazing stories and iconic missions. I mean, for instance, the, the mission of you playing as Reznov going into the Arctic Circle to collect Nova 6... That's pretty memorable. The Vietnam missions are all memorable. I remember... Those are probably, like, the things that I think of first when Black Ops, you know, comes to mind. And even the Bay of Pigs mission in the beginning was just... It's just so good. It's so cool. And the problem is, I think, when it comes to trying to compare this to Modern Warfare, one is a Cold War game, okay? I know Modern Warfare and the Black Ops franchise both are dive into the Cold War of Modern Warfare and... um you know, warfare of the past and the future, but at the end of the day, these games are very different in their storytelling because one, you know, is being caused by terrorists. One's being just caused by an evil man in in the country and has support of what he's doing. Yes, Menendez is a terrorist, but at the same time, when you look at Makarov and Imran Zakayev's motives... Imran Zakayev's motive is the shittiest motive. He Like, Imran Zakayev does not have a good motive. Makarov had a better motive, but then again, it's like, you know, oh, well, I saw this, you know, ultra-nationalist terrorist guy as a father figure, and he died, so now I just really want to commit a Cold War. Those are not... Now, this is where Black Ops beats Modern Warfare. In terms of continuity and making sense and having good stories, Modern Warfare wins. But in villains, this is where Black Ops takes the cake. Because Black Ops wrote their villains out really well. Menendez, mainly. Dragovich, I would say, is along the lines of an Imran Zakayev. He doesn't really have a motive to what he's doing. But the characters, I think, you know, when it comes to the the villains... Menendez had a really good backstory. He had a rough childhood. He ended up getting into his father's business of drugs and becoming a big cartel member. He had his sister uh, who got, like, you know, really badly hurt and disfigured and blamed himself for. And then he got, you know, she got killed in front of his eyes by a fucking grenade caused by the West and grew his hatred for the West more. He literally had so much pain and suffering from his past that it caused him to drive him to be a terrorist. To be uh, this this villain that has a lot of brutality to him and anger. And he's just, he's a really well-written villain. Better than Makarov, better than Shepard, better than any villain in Call of Duty history, in my opinion. I think Menendez has the best 
written backstory. He's been through so much shit that have been caused by not only the West, but just fueled by anger and hatred. And that really makes his character, like, it gives him a reason to what he's doing. Doesn't mean what he's doing is right, but you see where that character's coming from. In terms of Modern Warfare, you don't really. You can't really relate or see where he, you know, got to. In terms of characters, when it comes to David Mason, Alex Mason, Woods, Price, you know, Soap McTavish, um, Ghost, like, all these characters are big. Big names. You know, these are characters that you know when you hear Call of Duty, these are the characters you're thinking about. You're thinking of Soap. You're thinking of John Captain Price. You're thinking of Woods. You're thinking of Alex Mason. David Mason. Hudson. You know, these are all characters that you knew, grew up with. These are the characters that Call of Duty are most associated with. And at the end of the day, I think both the Black Ops and Modern Warfare franchises are great. I just think that Black Ops went from having good stories to being convoluted and overthought out and then having none at all. That wasn't Treyarch's fault, though. That was specifically Activision's, you know, Battle Royale train they wanted to jump into. But I think that, you know, they are coming out, you know, Treyarch's term for Call of Duty, and they are going to have a campaign in the new game, but what it sounds like, which they better fucking do it. And if it's a reboot of Black Ops, that would be amazing. Because then we can compare... The Black Ops remake to the Modern Warfare remake. The problem with Modern Warfare's villains, they don't have any good backstory. Roman Barkov is like, oh, we kill people because terrorists killed our men. Okay, but the way that he acts as a character, how brutal he is and just how much he doesn't give a shit, like, he just doesn't have a good motive. Like, his motive isn't something that we can kind of feel for. Menendez has a motive we can feel for. Same thing with Wolf from Alcatala. Fucking motive. <laughs> really not existent for that guy. And then, and then, oh my gosh. Okay. Hadir Karim, a.k.a. Al-Assad. They tried with him a little bit. They were like, oh, well, he stole the gas. Alex is helping Farah out. You know, I want to I wanna get rid of Barkov. But that's, a, you, you see, because of what they're doing to his people. I, I get that. Like, like that's, that's good. But, you see, when it comes to Menendez and when it comes to Hadir and Farah, you gotta look at Farah. Farah's like the main reason why I say Hadir has a really shitty, um, written out, uh, villain, you know, um, you know, villain starting place because Farah went through the same events Hadir did. She didn't turn out to be a terrorist leader. Hadir did. Now, if Farah didn't exist, Hadir would actually have a pretty good motive. But Farah isn't a terrorist. So, in that case, why does that make his motive good? If there's somebody that lived through the same events as a, a, a hero or one of the good guys do, and they don't turn into a terrorist, but you do, that's when automatically your whole, you know, even, well, like, I will admit, Hadir has a very well-written-out villain plot, but the problem is, is because he has a sister that doesn't turn into a terrorist, and she lives through the same events, just, to me, kind of makes his motives then weak, because it just, it weakens the motive, because if she isn't a terrorist, you know, if they were both terrorists, you know, it'd be like, oh, 
You know, that would, that would be understandable. I get they're kind of going of the yin and yang of, of the brother and sister there, but literally, Hadir is now leading Al-Qatala. Farah is leading the militia against Al-Qatala and Barkov's forces, but now just focusing on Al-Qatala. The problem is, is they're yin and yang, but it also makes Hadir's motive worse. It doesn't make it as good, because there is that good side to the coin, where if there wasn't, it'd be like, okay, like if Menendez, for instance, had his sister, but she ended up working for the CIA or something, then Menendez doesn't have a good villain plot, because the good guy character went through the same things the villain did, making that villain's motives completely shit. You need to make the villain and the heroes have different motives. Because if you make them go through the same things and one becomes a villain and one becomes a hero, then that makes both their motives really stupid. At that point, you just make them arch nemesis, but they're also connected to each other. Like, there's that, you know, other close side of it. But, at the end of the day, I think Modern Warfare has the better storytelling. It's got the best cohesiveness over the Black Ops franchise. Now, don't you think that I don't like the Black Ops franchise? I like Black Ops more than Modern Warfare. I always have loved the Black Ops franchise just a little bit more. The Black Ops franchise, yes, is a lot more rougher around the edges once you start to get the BO3 and BO4, but BO1 and 2 are my favorites. I really didn't care for Modern Warfare 3, you know, in turn, like, I mean, there's a lot of things that were good about it, I just, I don't know, it didn't grasp me like 2 and 1 did. I loved 1 and 2. 3 was eh. Black Ops 3, of course, fucking lost me, and BO4 just really didn't have a story, but I don't know. I've always preferred Treyarch Call of Duty games over Infinity War games. I love Modern Warfare. The new one, oh, I fucking love it. Don't get me wrong. But Black Ops has always been my baby. It's all, it, Black Ops was my first ever Call of Duty. Modern Warfare 2 was my second. I know that sounds really fucked up timeline-wise, but you gotta think about it this way, okay? I got introduced to video games really late. I played Black Ops on the Wii with my cousin before he got an Xbox, and then I played it when he got an Xbox. I fell in love with Black Ops because at the time, 2010 was my first Call of Duty experience, at least when I knew what Call of Duty was. I did end up playing, like, Call of Duty 2 and stuff, like, in the past on the original Xbox, but Black Ops 1 was my first Call of Duty experience. Like, I knew what I knew how to play Call of Duty a little bit, you know, I, I had experience with PS2 and video games, like... Call of Duty and all that stuff was cool. Like, back in the day, I didn't like Call of Duty. I I won't lie. Back when I was younger and I played video games, like, I never liked Call of Duty. I like Dangerous Hunts. Like, I like games like that. Like, sports games with Dangerous Hunts. Now I like first-person shooters and shit. But times change, interests change. And at the time, I really didn't like Call of Duty. But Black Ops 1 really got me into Call of Duty, mainly with zombies. I never really cared for multiplayer. I wasn't really that good at it. I was going, like, 4 and 20 a game, you know, but I was a little kid. But, um, it was... It's, it's pretty awesome, though, because I loved Black Ops 1, multiplayer and everything. And then I played MW2. I mainly, because at the time I didn't have Wi-Fi for these games, so I played everything offline. But I mainly played the campaigns. I loved MW2. Black Ops 1 and MW2 were my first Call of Duty games that I've ever played. Campaign, multiplayer, everything on. And I loved both games. Little did I know they weren't connected to each other, because, I mean, I was a little kid at the point. But I loved... Black Ops, and as I played all the Call of Duty games, you know, and collected them all, I I really just stuck with the Black Ops and Modern Warfare franchise. I mean, they had some good entries. I mean, World War II, pretty good entry. Maybe not campaign-wise, because that's just kind of generic, but, I mean, it had a good multiplayer. Um, 
when it came to um, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Honestly, I was one of those people that didn't hate Infinite Warfare. I thought Infinite Warfare was fine. I mean, going from Black Ops 3 to Infinite Warfare wasn't a big deal to me. I thought they were, you know, I thought they were relatively the same. I thought both games were pretty good, you know? And, you know, you can say what you want about Infinite Warfare. But Infinite Warfare's campaign, though, that campaign was fucking good. I don't care what anybody says. Infinite Warfare's campaign was fucking awesome. I wish they continued the campaign aspect of that game because they could have done quite a bit with it. But in terms of, you know, characters and villains, it's really hard because I love Captain Price, Soap, Ghost, but I love Woods, Mason, and Hudson. You know, there's just, there's just so much, you know, nostalgia and association with these characters. That I'm just, I love them all. Hero-wise, I can't pick a favorite. Villain-wise, I gotta go with the Black Ops franchise. But at the end of the day, I think Modern Warfare takes the cake because they have the best storytelling and the most coherent storytelling. Their villains might be weak, still are weak, but at the end of the day, if you connect the Black Ops and uh, Modern Warfare Universe, which they may do with the new Black Ops reboot or whatever the fuck it is, Activision, tell us what the fuck this game is at this point. Um, we'll then understand, you know, exactly what's going on with the... Um, you know, story, and if they're connected. Because if they're connected, then you can technically say that all their villains and everything coexist, but obviously we'll separate the two. But that is all I'm going to do for the campaign reviews of these games. Ultimately, I love the Black Ops franchise more, but I am going to say the uh, Modern Warfare franchise has the better storytelling, hands down. Maybe not the best villains, but storytelling-wise, yes. If Black Ops 3 and BO4 didn't exist, then this would be a lot harder of a discussion to make. But then again, Modern Warfare would also have another game to expand the story, but BO1 and 2 didn't really need to expand beyond what they had. So, that's all I gotta say for you guys. Next time we talk about these two games, I'm gonna be um, talking about the multiplayer and Spec Ops and Zombies, and you already know should know the winner of that one, just by kind of listening to the other modes. Multiplayer will be more of a comparison. The third-party modes, not so much. But... Thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed, and I will catch you all in the next one.